Thanks for lending me your ear for another episode of Tech Show But Friendly. And we're going to jump right into what everybody wants to know. What's the best CPU for gaming? And if you're Team Blue, you're going to say Intel. If you're Team Red, of course, you're going to say AMD. Personally, I'm on an AMD system, but I didn't pick it like specifically for best gaming performance because I do do a lot of editing on my personal rig. So I do need something with a bit more threads, you know, a bit something that can handle a lot of tasks in the background and rendering and things like that. Whereas gaming is really a more single core intensive activity. It doesn't rely on a lot of cores and things like that. But of course, partisans will always tell you, oh, AMD is better, oh, Intel is better. Anyway, PC Games Hardware, which is a site out of Germany, so the initial report is in Deutsch, is in German, and I can't read German, so I had to rely on um, secondary sources to translate it. PC Games Hardware came out with a ranking, and the way they did it was they pitted Intel 13th Gen against Ryzen 5000, some of the 5000s, and of course the 7000 series. They use DDR5 for the Intel 13th Gen, even though you can use DDR4 with Intel 13th Gen. They went with DDR5 and they paired it with a 4090 and only played games at 720p. So basically, they're putting the highest specs possible and everything else. You got a 4090, you got DDR5 to make sure that the only performance gap really is the CPU. And the crown... King of the Hill for gaming goes to Intel with the 3900KS beating out the 7950X. Again, gaming can be a bit different from other applications. The PC Games hardware noted that in productivity applications, there was a negligible difference between the 7950X. But they did see a noticeable difference for gaming for the with the 3900KS which tops the charts. Interestingly, the R7 5800X3D, and I've talked a lot about the 3D CPU, it uses a new architecture, well, not too new, but an innovation by AMD, which adds more cache to the CPU, makes more cache available. And this was really like a game changer. Performance was really good, especially for gaming. So much so that when the 7000 series came out, a lot of the benchmarks, at least for gaming, were still favoring the 5800X3D. And the 3D versions of the 7000 chips have not come out yet, but they will be coming out soon, like within this year. But surprisingly, the 5800X3D was actually even beaten out by a 12700K. Yes, you heard right, Intel 12th Gen. And then going way up the list, the 13600K beats the 5800X3D, it beats the R9-7900X, it beats the i9-12900K. So actually, the 13600K is within the top five. I think it's the fifth fastest CPU for gaming. So an interesting list in that some of the usual suspects for super fast gaming are not there, although... When you get up to the 3900K level, which is the second fastest CPU, and the 3900KS, which is the fastest, obviously, you'd think that they would do well for gaming. And they do. But interesting from a budget perspective is that like, you can score a 13600K for a much cheaper price. And again, that's the fifth fastest CPU beating out 
7000 series AMD CPUs beating out the 500X 3D again of AMD. So the sweet spot really at this point, at least according to, to PC games hardware, is the 13600K. But really, what game are you going to play or what game do you need all of that speed for? Well, of course, the recently released Hogwarts Legacy, which recently surpassed Fallout 4 to be the second most played new game on stream. The record holder is still being, or the number one still being, CDK Projects, Cyberpunk 2077. But actually, what's interesting about Hogwarts Legacy is that it hasn't even officially launched yet to the public. You could get a deluxe version which allowed you to play a few days earlier so i think the general population is still going to be able to play it today actually feb 10 the game unlocks to regular players today so it got the record even with a significant portion of its player base not being able to play it so definitely we're gonna see that number go up even more i am a mild harry potter fan it's uh you know i grew up reading the books and then later on watching the movies. I think it's an interesting series. Very exciting. Like when, when you read the novels, um, it does really suck you into that world. Not that big of a fan that I would pick up Hogwarts Legacy right away. Basically, it's an open world kind of thing. Although reviews actually have been positive. The developers have been able to capture the magic of being at Hogwarts and the surrounding village and things like that. I mean magic in the certain sense na parang yung tunay siya sa world setting ni Harry Potter. So, if it becomes free on Steam, or rather on Epic Games, <laughs> why not? But probably won't be on my to-playlist anytime soon. No hate, just because there I have too many things on my playlist at the moment. And an open world Harry Potter-themed game can wait. Moving on to general computing news, AI has been in the news lately because of ChatGPT, which is a AI program from OpenAI, where it comes up with very convincing written answers to complicated search queries. So you give it a bunch of data, or you ask it a question, like you would ask a normal question to a human. You don't need to parse it in some kind of strange search lingo or some artificial way to find data or to ask or receive information, you just ask it a regular question. And A, not only can it understand your question, it can actually B, spit out a coherent response. So everybody in the tech world since around November has been going Google over ChatGPT. Microsoft, which owns part of OpenAI, has started to apply it already to its Bing search engine and other software. Google, of course, is number one in search, but it seems to have been caught flat-footed by the application of ChatGPT, where you know, people can interact with the search bar in a more natural way. And Google recently released its, or recently announced rather, its own competitor nicknamed Bard. But the problem was, even in Bard's own ad, so they came up with a short ad introducing Bard, there was a section there where Bard was asked about which telescope was the first one to find an exoplanet, meaning a planet outside of our solar system. And Bard answered incorrectly. It identified the James Webb Space Telescope, but actually it was a European space telescope that discovered the first exoplanet or or I think imaged or took pictures of the first exoplanet. So <laughs> Google came out with this ad 
touting, you know, its answer to ChatGPT saying that, oh, our Bard, you know, this is Bard and it's going to be great and it's going to be the best. And yet, even in, in its own advertisement, Malaysia. <laughs> so Google stock really took a hit. I think it dropped supposedly around 9%. Um, it's an interesting time right now. AI has been around for quite a while, but we're really starting to see its application to everyday kind of things. Like you ask it to generate art and it comes up with convincing images. You ask it a normal question in normally phrased language and maintindihan kanya. And not only na maintindihan kanya, tama pasagot niya. So in the academe, I started teaching again in my home university just this semester. There's a lot of talk about being afraid of how students might use this AI to come up with test answers rather than thinking for themselves and coming up with their own answers. And it's not just in the academe, yung nga, in the general computer space, a lot of companies are scrambling to catch up or implement this technology. Google in particular is seems to be a little in poker we call it nagtitilt na parang medyo you your strategy hasn't quite worked out but you're kind of fuming you don't know what to do and you're tilting you're not thinking straight they've even gotten the co-founders back on board so Larry Page and Sergey Brin are supposed to I don't know if back on the payroll but they're back doing work at Google just because it's an all hands deck kind of thing it's like an existential crisis for Google if because of AI, Microsoft or some other company overtakes them in search. And ending today in local tech news, actually it's not news but more like a question to everybody listening to this. Have you tried Mukasa and what's their beef with Gcash? So Mukasa has been spamming me a lot in particular as well as some other people that I know. Spamming in the sense that, in the classic sense, that they send you unsolicited commercial proposals. From my research, it seems to be an app or a service like Billease or Billis where you can get installment payments for certain purchases. And the spam texts do seem to reflect that, na parang 0% installment, parang ganon. And then a few days ago, Mukasa sent me a text message basically saying that we're better than Gcash. Like we're really 1% compared to Muk sorry, compared to Gcash, which Mukasa implied isn't. And then a couple of days after that text, they had to send a text saying that they're sorry and they didn't mean to impugn or imply anything negative about Gcash. So I have no idea what's going on there. I'm kind of curious. I tried to research online, but there hasn't, there hasn't been a lot of chatter on the whole Mukasa having to take back or having to clarify that they weren't saying anything negative about Gcash. But I am kind of curious what the whole thing is about. Like, is it was it just an overzealous marketing push? Technically, in the Philippines, we never identify other brands or other products in our advertisements. Kaya yung classic example, yung mga TV ads for detergent, palaging brand X or product Y, parang ganon. Never sinasabi ni surf na mas magaling siya kaysa kay Tide, for example. And that's not really a law, but it's just a code of conduct between advertisers. I think it's codified in the, I don't know, there must be, I don't know what they call it, but like, yung nga, parang the, the guidelines that all advisors, oh, sorry, all advertisers have signed up to. So it's not a law per se, but A, it's 
common practice and B, you know, it's codified in this kind of association, I think, among major advertisers. That's why we never see, in the States, sobrang common yun na you're, you will mention your competitor outright in your ad and you can say anything, you know, freedom of speech and all that. Here in the Philippines, we're more restrained. We're more restrained by choice. Yun nga, it's a voluntary kind of self-limiting conduct that everybody has just sort of agreed to. Although you can argue that yun nga, yung adver- advertising code na yun, I mean, you could argue that my particular brand did not sign up to that, diba. So, Mukasa probably is in the clear. It's not that big a company. It is, or at least not that well-known at this point. It is supposedly based in Singapore, but they launched operations here in the Philippines very early on. So they launched in Sing, but very early on moved or had operations here in the Philippines. I don't know if we were there actually their first target market. Like they were really set up to do business here in the Philippines. Um, it's just interesting that they kind of had to backtrack a little. I wonder if they're, what the behind the scenes of that was na may mga globe lawyers ba complaining to Mukasa na, oh, yari kayo, don't libel us, or whatever. Um, so, kind of interesting that Mukasa had to back down a little bit and go so far as to have to publicly apologize and clarify and say that, oh, you know, we didn't mean to malign Globe or Gcash, sorry. Sorry, Gcash in particular. If anybody knows what's going on there, please do PM us at the Hardware Sugar Facebook or email us hardware at gmail.com. I'd really be interested to hear about the backstory. If you've tried Mukasa, please do comment as well. I, I'm curious if you know how good the service is. <laughs> if they're any good, maybe we might wanna offer them as a payment solution or a payment option in Hardware Sugar. If you've been following our Facebook, you know that I've been recently frustrated with the installment payments being offered to us by our credit card processor. Uh, very janky service, not at all. You know, we, we gave all of the requirements. It took them so long to get us the POS. The POS doesn't have all of the functions that they said it would. And it was up to us to figure out the functions that are actually there. Like, they couldn't even explain properly how to use the darn thing. So, a lot of frustration there on our part trying to get installment payments up and running with Hardware Sugar. But a lot of people have been asking for it, so definitely we're still pushing that it gets implemented. We just, you know, need to keep pushing our POS provider. On that note, thanks for tuning in whenever you're listening to this, whether it's on the Friday, Feb 10, or during the weekend or some other time. Thanks so much for lending me your ear. We'll be back again next week with more tech news. And do please use those channels. PM us on our Facebook page, email us. Comment on our YouTube or on our Facebook if um, you're getting value out of these podcasts. I mean, I do see the numbers. The numbers seem to indicate that at least there are some people <laughs> some people out there listening. But yeah, I've commented before that the podcast is really kind of like you're shouting into a vacuum and you can't know or the analytics aren't really there yet to let me know if like what you want me to improve on, what we can do and things like that. So please do drop me a line if you're enjoying these short monologues because we are open to changing up the format a bit whether it's interviews or some other kind of thing and yun have a good weekend playing Hogwarts Legacy as for me I'm still going to be finishing Death Stranding which I got free from Epic Games but not really free if you also listen to that podcast 
the base game became free, but I had to pay around 250 bucks for the director's cut, which I find to be okay na. And I am enjoying the game so far. And you can catch that on our live streams on our YouTube channel as well. 